You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to episode number 80 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here, your host for Living the Dream. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening, tuning in, downloading. <laughs> I don't know, however you're listening to this. Thank you for finding a way to listen to this podcast. Um, we have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Jennifer Samard. She is absolutely unbelievably talented. She has been in a bunch of Broadway shows. She's currently in Mean Girls on Broadway. And she is someone I've known for a long time, but I've never worked with. And she's one of those people on my bucket list of people I have to be in a a rehearsal room with and on a stage with at some point in my life because she's so damn funny. She was Tony nominated for her role in Disaster, the wonderful show written by uh, Seth Rudetsky and and Jack Plotnick that was just so, so great and had a bunch of stars in it. But she was the one that got the Tony nomination because she was such a standout in that performance as as the nun with a gambling addiction. Um, we talk a lot about that moment, about her Tony nomination after years in the business and working, and uh, about so many different ups and downs in her career and how she has such a positive attitude. And I really kind of always admired her from afar. Cause again, I said, I've never worked with her, but I just, I think a lot, I think very highly of her and, uh, she's just always great. Um, so here's my conversation with Jen Samard. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Rory. How are you? I'm very well, and it's really nice to hear from you, and I'm so honored that you asked me to be a part of your uh, podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We recently got to do a reading together, and I basically said yes to it because I heard you were doing it, and I just think you're the funniest (laughs) human being. I think you are such an amazing comedic musical theater performer, and... um, Likewise, I'm sure. My goodness. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So it was just, it was exciting to get to sit down and and work on something, even if it was just for one day with you. Well, we've sort of been um, circling the boat for a while, you and I, or one over the bridge and one under the bridge, because uh, we both made our debut, Broadway debut in Spelling Bee. Right. Like there's a whole generation of us. But we never did did it together. I know. We just missed each other. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ugh, it was it was a bummer, but I did I but I did see you in it. I know how I've known how great you are for many many years, um, but I've never really gotten a chance to like sit down and and chat with you. So let's do it in front of an audience. Of exactly. Millions. Isn't that that's how many millions. that's how many f- listeners we have, right? It's millions. So yes. true. Millions yes. and millions. my mom. My mom will definitely be listening <laughs> to this. Yay. Um, so where did you grow up? Where did you get your start? I was born in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, but I grew up in a little farm town that sort of connects Manchester to Nashua, the, the big cities. Uh, so Ooh. this little, I grew up in Litchfield, New Hampshire, Yeah, uh, which was a pretty idyllic place to grow up. It was the same kids. I knew the same kids, you know, grades one through eight. You know, there was, when I was there, there was really no such thing as middle school. You just, you had the same, I think there were 84 kids in my graduating class or 64. I mean, very small amount, under less than 90. Wow. And, and, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, so it was, you were an hour north of Boston. So we were an hour west of the ocean, an hour south of the mountains. So it was just, there was access to all these things, um, including the beautiful Palace Theater in Manchester, New Hampshire, which was less than a 20 minute drive from my house. And that's where I was able to see theater and, you know, tours come through there. At the time, it was mostly local productions, um, but it was an old vaudeville house, and it looks like any Broadway theater. I mean, it's just a gem of a theater built in, I believe, 1915, and so having access to that was um, really special. And so even though I grew up in this farm town, there was just a lot of culture right outside our door, so to speak, and um, and then, you know, peace and quiet as well. I actually went to Vermont every summer until I was 16 to stay with a family friend. I grew up in Cleveland, but I had a family friend that that, uh, lived in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, pretty far up north, and it was my favorite place in the world. And Mm. we would drive to Littleton, uh, New Hampshire to go to this really cool bookstore that was there. We would go see the man on the mountain. Oh, I know. Now it's like the old forehead on the mountain because the face, <laughs> it's just, it's not there anymore. It's, it's so sad. It was, a, so it was like sad. on the license plates and, and everything. I mean, it was we have that. The, a profile have, of a man. Um, yeah, that, live for, your di- live for your die. Yeah. You know, that was, it was just really intense. I mean, it's so intense. And New, balance, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Balance, Jeez. Yes. I mean, I know you got that primary, but like, <laughs> let's, let's chill. Just relax. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful place in the world. Yeah. Uh, and we used to, I think I, I've had jokes with people from Vermont that, um, oh, your state's upside down. No, your state's upside uh, down. Cause you know, we just, oh, we that just New England of, humor. Oh, we're so flinty. We're flinty. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you have this lifeline to theater at, mm-hmm. at, at the palace. Mm-hmm. Were you able to take classes there? Is that how you started or did you, were you able to in high school and at your school? Do you have a drama um, program? Well, I'm sure you can edit out anything that's too long, but it's sort of circuitous, isn't it? Because I think there's um, such lessons in observing, or at least that's how it was for me. I saw my first show there when I was five, right. which is a production of Fiddler on the Roof. And we would sit as a family in the front row center uh, balcony. And I remember sitting on my mother's coat and I would, t- I saw a little girl up there who was my age. And of course I was not having it. And I yeah, said, yeah. you know, and I just said, I, I, I don't want to be up here. I want to be down there. I didn't know how to, how to make that happen. Right. And so then we just kind of went to theater for several years. And then I think 
found out about an audition to be a munchkin in the Wizard of Oz, a local production when I was nine years old. And um, Munchkin is a gateway drug for yeah. many kids uh-huh. in this world. And um, I don't know if you know Nathan Herlin, who works at um, for Actors' Equity now yeah. at Broadway. He was the scarecrow in that production. So I've literally known him my whole life. Oh. And I had such a crush on him when I was a little girl. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, you know, I, star- I started... I, st- I guess I started, my classroom was by doing it, you know, and I, yes. you know, got up and sang at school whenever I could. And then I, and I was, I, I became very interested in school and academics, I'd say at age 11. And, you know, other than school things, I didn't really pursue it again until I was about 16 years old, from about the age of 10 to 16. And then, um, then I started working with professional companies locally. And then of course, Yes, I did start to study uh, in college. I got accepted at the Boston Conservatory of Music. Right. Um, and the truth is, my path was such that I stayed for a semester and then had to make a choice because I, I got cast in some professional shows. And I couldn't do both. Right. And it was and it was my choice to leave. And um, honestly, just a couple years later, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I, I, I was doing a show called Nonsense in Boston – and friends of mine who I knew from the Boston Conservatory who'd already made the leap to New York City told me of an audition for Forbidden Broadway. Do you want to come down and for an open call? And I did. And I uh, was like living with my parents when Gerard Alessandrini called me at my house in wow. Litchfield, New Hampshire and said, do you want to move to New York? I said, sure do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It yeah. is crazy. It is crazy. I also love that you were in nonsense and that nuns playing nuns is such a through line. In your Isn't that career. funny? Honestly, <laughs> who knew? Yeah. I was Sister Mary Amnesia. Um, oh, yeah. And I loved, oh, I loved it. That, I, I love that it. show. I mean, you know, that just killed me too. with the Irish Catholics in Ohio. No, and Dan Goggin. He came, Dan Goggin, who created it, came to see Disaster, and having him reach oh, out to wow. me was truly a, one of the greatest thrills of that experience for me because yeah. I'd been a fan of that show. I think the first time I saw it was in Boston in 1985. And so, you know, someone that you, it's always so special when people you've admired who helped you get into the business end right. up being people that you know. I mean, how lucky are we? So, yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's. That's amazing. And and so you have you have Forbidden Broadway calls, which, you know, mm-hmm. I remember getting all the, the recordings of Forbidden Broadway and that was like our insider jokes mm-hmm. of the theater nerds, you know, like love Forbidden Broadway. But it's got it had to be very scary to, you know, when your dream comes to your door, you think mm-hmm. that it's just like, oh, this is exciting and, and all positive, but it's also a little scary, especially when you're that young. Did you have any fears when you when you accepted and went to New York to be in it? Well, and and let me clarify, it was not at that time to be in the New York show. They it was re- you had to live in New York and rehearse in New York. Uh-huh. Um, Adam Heller was in the production with me. Oh wow, Kirk, Kirk Mauser and uh, Regina O'Malley. But we were opening the Stamford, Connecticut production at the the Rich Forum space, which okay. at that time was brand new, and. Um, so we would commute every day and, um, you know, I was dating someone at the time and that broke up literally a month after I moved here. So I think my focus was more on the personal sure. price of literally picking up my life, having only lived in one house, which was a farm town to this great city. And, right. you know, with this, you know, with this dream and I was lucky to have a job, but it was just kind of scary. And then the job ended in February of that year. So then I'm here. Right. Right. Um, and I think I made my debut with the show in New York 
in August of 93 when it was over at theater East because, um, of a, of an illness emergency, you know, like I was, I was that person who would right. come in, uh, you know, like not the permanent understudy, but the, the cover for the cover or the emergency swing, I guess, right. or the emergency person. You see, someone um, they knew they could throw on with no rehearsal right. whatsoever. Yeah. And so then I did, you know, gigs out of town and then I didn't really do it. The first CD I was on, I think, was Forbidden Broadway SVU all those years later in 2005. I mean, I, really? I literally didn't – yeah, I didn't do it for that long. I did it in 93. And then – but then I got into the I Love Your Perfect Now Change world. That was my – I'd say, you know, Forbidden Broadway, I would say I had two really big breaks, I've, you know, in that time. Like Forbidden yeah. Broadway got me to the city and then I Love Your Perfect Now Change was the first show I originated really in the city that of note – you know, for right. me anyway, that kind of changed everything. You know? I suppose we should make sure that everyone knows what Forbidden yeah. Broadway is because it is, yeah. it's such a staple to, to us as to, as in the New York theater community. But, um, it's, do they still, they have a theater that they're back now, right? Like, I think they're doing um, stuff again. Or they, they were did. for a moment. They did. I know Gerard Alessandrini moved back to Boston for a while. Okay. I think he might come back, but he, you know, he, um, uh, which is really, something I admire, you know, he put family first because I think his, yeah. his dad has since passed. But, you know, when your parents have health issues, you got to tend sure. to life sometimes. But that show, um, it's oh, the oh, Never Say did... Die show. Yes. You know, it's, it's yeah. I'm sure it'll It's parodies of all, of all the yes, Broadway shows. Yes, it's parody of all the Broadway shows and um, um, from the, you know, huge classics um, um, to current, currently running Broadway shows. And, and did and, they do Spamilton? Did he do Spamilton? Yes. Now I wasn't a part of that, but he did. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't fully answer your question too, as far as nerves at 22 oh, years yes. old. I have to say I had the opposite happen where did you? I think there's a, um, there's a little bit of, um, uh, freedom when you're that young because you are that young. You're like, Oh, if I mess up, I'm, I'm so young, you know, like, Oh, right. I'm, I'm, you know, and, and then when you get older, of course you have generally speaking, there's exceptions to these rules, but you have more, um, responsibilities probably financially maybe you have a family and if you if you um if you mess up or if, you know there's a lot more to lose stakes are a lot higher the, the stakes are higher a bit especially too when you know sometimes you're just gonna fail you're not always gonna be good right. and i'm the first to know if it's a stinker if i'm if i've you know had a good night or not and um when you have all these words sort of up, that have been said about you over time it's a hard thing sometimes to live up to and i think you have to definitely remember that you're a human being the more the, the larger your resume and cv grows right. do you know what i'm saying yeah because no, when I, you're a kid you're like oh i'm a kid you know yeah. uh, you you're, you know it's like i was the baby of my family when you're the baby of the family you get you get excused for a lot in my yeah. experience you know yeah well but, and you haven't gone through the multiple rounds of rejection that yeah. you know really kind of weather you down and i'm sorry i can't i don't understand what you're talking about <laughs> you're gonna you know, have to explain can, can i just tell you though like sometimes <laughs> yeah. i've had people on who are you know I, I, on all different um parts of the business and i get to the part of talking about rejection or or having to do side work or you know like these things and they really are like have no idea what i'm talking about oh, and, oh I, that's I, I do. know, I know, I know, but I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, we've never talked about this, but I know that 
you are a seasoned performer and you can't become a seasoned performer if you haven't gone through those things. You can have a lot of luck early on in your career and dodge some hardships, but mm-hmm. that if you want to continue, you're going to hit some brick walls along the way and have mm-hmm. to pick yourself back up. How mm-hmm. did you get through those times of rejection and having to find work outside of the business? Well, um, I had a lot of good girlfriends who were also in the same boat and were happy to spread the wealth in terms of um, leads that we had to flexible work. So I kind of got in with a babysitting circuit, you know, unofficially, which was a great way to make some money and, you know, help people out and help yourself out at the same time. As well, I worked at a bridal salon at what they used to call the bridal building, 1385 Broadway, every Saturday morning. And it was really fun because you had a bunch of actresses who are very versed in dress up mm-hmm. and you'd have a bunch of brides coming in, trying on dresses and, you know, we're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. And um, generally speaking, they're shopping for the happiest day of their lives or their hopes and dreams for the happiest day of their lives. So there, it was a really fun retail job. And because it was on Saturday mornings, there was really no conflict with right. auditioning. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think that company's there anymore, but um, that that I specifically worked for. But um, so I'm not going to say their name just out of respect. But it was um, respect for the dead. A, yeah, <laughs> yes, but it was a it was a good job, and it was with my girlfriends. Uh, you know, two of whom are, uh, are one of them unfortunately moved away. She's still one of my dear friends, but um, you know, I just saw them. You know, two weeks ago for dinner. You know, they're still yeah. um, one of them. You know, you know Sally Wilfert. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Sally's oh. one of my, my BFs. She's one of my best friends. And we've, I mean, we've oh. just been, you know, and that was not some, you know, that was something Sally we has did one together. of the best voices in the yeah. world. Oh yeah. No, I, 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 I grew up loving Liz Calloway's voice and I, I always felt like Sally huh. is absolutely has her own voice, but like Liz, she has the ability to um, make every transition up the scale sound like she's talking. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. um, even if she's singing the most difficult notes, it feels like she's just speaking and right. that's she's communicating. And communicating yeah, mm-hmm, which yeah. I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Some singers, in, in, in especially like ones who can do that over a recording, are so impressive to me. You know, like yes. I, I'm like basically rubber face. You know, working yeah. so hard yeah. <laughs> with everything I do visually, and there mm-hmm. are some singers who they don't need to be seen at all to communicate what they're trying to say mm-hmm. uh, uh, just with their gorgeous voice and yeah. a vowel placement. It's <laughs> They're yeah. a certain yeah. kind of artist. Um, but let's talk a little bit yeah. about musical comedy because yeah. you know, was that what you were always drawn to? Uh, clearly you have an affinity for it and you are a phenomenal comedian. Yeah. But were did you love it right away or was it because Forbidden Broadway called and that was where you first got your training in this business? Um I think to to your point of your which I love in your podcast about kind of going a little deep. I have to say that I've loved all different kinds of um of um artistic avenues and yes, musical theater because I think it was my first exposure to right. the industry, as I explained earlier. Um, but I also loved um, t- 
television. I, I learned so much from comedians and television. In fact, we just lost Penny Marshall oh. uh, this week. By the, by the time this airs, I guess it will be last week. But yeah. um, I cried the second I heard. I just tears streamed down my face. One of my best friends, I was Laverne. She was Shirley. I mean, uh. this, and truly, I learned comedic timing through many people, and she was one of them. She yeah. was absolutely 100% one of the women that I learned it from. And she'll never know that, but it's, it's the God's honest truth. So I loved television sitcoms. I loved movies. I mean, Madeline Kahn, the late great Madeline Kahn, I never got to meet her. She was another comedic idol of mine. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, now I get to say that I'm friendly with some of my idols from musical theater, Bernadette Peters, Betty Buckley. Yeah. You know, these are people that you, grow up revering and they are my teachers. Yeah. And um I um and I have to say I was really drawn to drama. I I ravaged I Claudius as a kid, okay? How appropriate is that? <laughs> I was nine years old watching that thing. Wow. And just like a moth to a flame. I couldn't get enough of it. I was fortunate enough to do Shakespeare um uh in my late teens back in New England. And this is what I meant earlier by getting beneath the surface into a larger context. Rory, I would love nothing more than to sink my teeth into a bloody good dramatic play. Um, And sometimes I think this business, what's hard is that you have to go where your bread and butter is. And it's very hard sometimes to break out of the box of how people see you, especially when it, when you're not independently wealthy Mm -hmm. and you don't have, um, you know, I don't think that's the sole reason, but, uh, it can definitely give you a leg up, you know, in order to get those things. I was you know? very naive in, in my younger years of realizing how money really does make a difference in your career. And not, I was does. like, well, how, course, how is that possible? Does. You know, whoever's talented and whatever, you know, Mm-mm. but being able to have that freedom to choose to go do a go. very dramatic play and not have to worry about getting paid or not in your 20s, yes. that changes That's everything. Right. Yes, I can afford to do this black box theater play that feeds my soul right you know and not take this x y or g z job that is you know i'm that you know you also learn to be very grateful for what you do get but perhaps it's not the thing that um, is going to feed you as much so well and instead of working at the bridal shop for yeah. on Saturdays, you know, people start their own theater companies, you know, to put out, you know, like, right. I mean, I, I remember being in my twenties thinking, oh man, I wish I could do that, but I got to get back to my financial firm. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so, it can be yeah. frustrating. And, and to your question of how did you get through those times, um, faith, whatever that is defined as for you, because my faith has changed over the years. You know, I'm not yeah. the same person I was when I moved here. And, um, and, um, and so a lot of that is faith in yourself, right. And faith that, um, you have agency in your choices, but that somehow this belief that you can sort of feel in your gut or using your intuition, knowing if you're on the right path and if you're supposed to be here and just not ignoring that voice. And it helps, it helps. And, and, um, yeah, uh, for me, it was also therapy. It was talk therapy with my friends. It was, um, community share there's a beauty in sharing your pain with friends and seeing them you know seeing their tears and getting outside of yourself and realizing that you're not alone right and i think that i was just talking to my girlfriends the other day we were both we were all as good as things are going and i'm so happy in my life right now and got this great job there are moments where you just wonder okay what are we all doing again let's let's regroup let's get together 
let's share, let's talk. And it really What's is, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just, it's also, it's it, to connect and be present about where you are every day, each day, and just to, to remember why you got into this business and that you are still in charge. And mm-hmm. it's not just happening to you, you're making decisions and, and, you know, choosing every day and choosing to do all eight shows that week. Which, you know, is a blessing and it's so great. But that's one of the reasons that it's, it's important to be present about it because you know it's a blessing. So you, you could, for a lot of times, you can take a job just knowing it's a blessing and not looking at whether it's going to feed your soul or not because you know it's, it's important yeah. to, to accept what's offered. But, you know, as you get older, that's not going to be all that. It's not going to cut it every time. Just that it's, right. uh, you know, hashtag blessed. <laughs> well, yeah. And it all depends on where you are in your life, right? Right. What sort of um, personal uh, responsibilities you might have in your life, whether it's right. um, with um, children or aging family members or, you know, something in your own, something in your own life. And, um, and I think it's, um, oh gosh, you just said something. You're going to want to pause this or cut this out. I'm sorry. No, no. You said something. You said something that really triggered something in me. I love um, when I trigger people. Oh well, that's what I've heard about you. <laughs> Donalyn Champlin warned me. Just wait now. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole section had to cut out. I made her cry like a. You made me cry like the Barbara Walters of podcasting. <laughs> um, anyway, it couldn't have been that important. But um, yeah, it's just it depends on where you are in your life. Eight shows a week is difficult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of young fans who listen to this and they want nothing more. Um, and it's um, – oh, that's what I was going to say. I think in any walk of life, whether it's theater um, and those of us who are lucky enough to do eight shows a week, um, life can be tricky when you're not living a life in balance, in right. my opinion. And so I think one thing you have to learn when you do eight shows a week is that there's a reality to that that is not equal to the dream you have as a kid. Um, I was just talking with Bonnie Milligan uh, about this yesterday Mm. that, you know, she's like, I just thought, you know, you'd go to your show. Yeah. Oh, it's easy. You just have all day and then you go to your show at night and you don't realize that your whole day and the choices of your whole day generally are geared toward being able to do your job, like literally physically, mentally, and spiritually being able to deliver and, Sometimes that's three physical therapy appointments in right. one day, you know. So living a life in balance is the way that I try to remain in touch with the little girl who always dream- dreamed of doing this. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's part of the work. It's part of the job is mm-hmm. remaining grounded and centered. And, yeah. you know, like I think that sometimes – we as artists think that that's uh, particular just to what we do. But honestly, even if you're an accountant, you have to constantly be centered and and think about why you're doing what you're doing. And even if you don't show up with the same amount of passion or enthusiasm, and some people do, whether they're if they're sitting at a desk or or working outside, you have to be balanced. And that's just part of life. You know, I think that for us, we kind of think of it as because we're, we're doing something that we're so passionate and have to put so much energy into and, you know, live or die, (laughs) live free or die, uh, for, (laughs) for our art. That's a callback. There you go. There you go. Um, so it's, it's just, 
it's part of being alive. You know, like I agree. I did. I did an office job. I worked for a title company before I moved to New York. Speaking oh, of jobs, wow. while I was doing theater in New England, and I was I was a rece- receptionist, and I would do some secretarial work. And um, but you know, I had that that cubicle desk situation. And um, you know, as a creative person, I I knew that wasn't going to be the thing for me forever. Right. However, there is something I miss about those days, and it's I love. As much as I couldn't stand the routine, I also loved it because I was able to schedule. This is my gym time, and it's going to be the yes. same. And and that is, it's. I think it's very challenging for those of us in this career to um, one of the sorry one of the challenges of finding the balance is because your schedule can change at a moment's notice. You know, yeah. like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the gym Friday at two. Well. Jennifer, hello. It's blah blah blah, and we've got an appointment producer session, and that's wonderful. But you know, the the very thing that you love is also the thing that can be the most challenging. Yes. You know, yes. I think so. And yeah. I'm sure for those who are in a cubicle, you know, like the the mundane, the monotony that you know, and that's why you know I can't stress enough what I mean by balance is. What does that mean to you? Is it watching Netflix Netflix reruns? Is it is it what is yeah. it going to the gym? Is it a pottery class, a painting class, something that's just yours. And, and by the way, if I, I, you didn't ask this, but if I could recommend something to people, I, I, I think it's something that's just yours that you don't even share in this very outward world of social media, something that's literally just yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially us who live so outwardly all yes. the time. Yeah. You know, you do, you have to, you have to kind of have that, that special part of your life that is just secret. For you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, so you made your Broadway debut in 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Yeah. And you did uh, a few other Broadway shows after that. Um, yeah. Shrek. What, what, Sister Act. Sister Act. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And another nun. Again, another nun. Yeah. Um, but of course, your nun that is was just like pure comic genius is was Sister Mary from Disaster. And yeah. Sister Mary Downey. Ha- Downey, yes. Sister Mary Downey. Oh my God. I don't remember laughing as hard as I laughed during your performance in that show, which I saw, I Thank believe you. I was there opening night off Broadway. Or I was I definitely saw you off Broadway and right. was like, this everyone needs to see her play this part. How did that come about? And why were you so good? oh my gosh well um you know i've been doing i've been doing sketch comedy with jack plotnick the co-writer and director and seth rudetsky since the early to mid 90s and um you know they'd been uh, tooling the project around um and doing various incarnations of it and then i was fortunate enough to do the play unbroken circle uh summer of 2013 um, which was written uh, by James Wesley, who's Seth's husband. Right. And um, he was my brother. And I took over for the wonderful um, Anika Larson, who got cast in um, Beautiful. Mm. And uh, uh, Tony nominee Anika. And um, and she had actually played the nun in one of the incarnations. Anyway, she was in Beautiful, and they decided they wanted to do this run at St. Luke's. And so here I was already at St. Luke's doing this play. And, uh, you know, they'd always kind of had me in the mix and, and it was just really good. Thank God, as most of these things are, it was really good timing. And so there it is. And, um, 
I think, I don't know if this will answer your question of why it was so good. Uh, it was a good fit. It's a very good fit. Um, the role in terms of my preferred uh, comedic styling yeah. is given the opportunity. And this was the opportunity. And I never in a million years thought that one of the greatest roles in my life would be written by two of my best friends. I mean, I yeah. never, never would have imagined. And, um, and the only thing I'll say is that I don't, I don't really regret it, although I can't watch it. I, there were, we filmed the song and the only thing I say is that I, the thing I like the most about the show was all the scene work. It's yes. even more than the song. It's like, and that's what I'm not, cause people sometimes just see this crazy wacky song. And I think it's important, like most things that you consider it in context, because yeah. I think that's one reason it was so successful is that as you know, cause you saw it, everything else is so repressed and quiet dude and dry and, and, and dry. Brilliant. So that, so that, so that there's a payoff to the number. And so that's the only, if there's a regret I have, it's that it would be great if the whole production was available because that's, it, then it makes sense. But, that, right. but I'm picky like that. I can't watch certain episodes I filmed on television for the same reason. Like if they, I'm very Tom Cruise that way. <laughs> I, I understand that he has, <laughs> he has editing rights, right? I would, right. Oh gosh, if I could just have editing rights to anything I've ever filmed, I'd be a much happier camper, but I'm just, kind of controlling that way <laughs> so yeah. i have to own that but um so thank you for your compliments it really means a great deal to me i um i wish it would have run longer because it was just a, a real dream come true that's it that's all i can say yeah yeah no i i do too and i i think that it's still it made such a huge mark on broadway because it really was uh, seth and jack putting together the greatest musical theater comedians and performers in one show and saying, let them loose and let's see what happens. And it yeah. was just, it was a, it was very special. And I think that it's really kind of given way to more shows like that, like, like the prom, like it's not the exact same thing, but I think that you have a show that's like, no, this is going to be about, people who are really funny and really good on a stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really given uh, a lot more um, emphasis on being a musical theater comedian and letting like, like almost like that sketch artist style in a show, which, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I think just musical comedy, sometimes shows aren't that funny. <laughs> and, yes. And I just think it's so important to be funny. And I think that disaster was incredibly funny and wasn't going to uh, ask for forgiveness for that or try to be something that it wasn't. It was just so damn funny. And you were, you were so magnificent in it. You got a Tony nomination. Uh, what did that feel like? I was in Cold Spring, New York, where I um, had a house at the time. And um, I, um, we, it was a rainy day. And I, we went down by the water and we were standing in the gazebo and, um, I got a text message from my brother and, you know, I cried and hugged my husband and, you know, we just stood in the rainy gazebo crying, saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Because, you know, we didn't have two nickels to rub together when we first started dating, honestly. And so to, to, we really, you know, we're partners. I, I honestly can say, I don't, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had that without my husband. You know, we, we really are partners and we've been there through, through thick and thin and, you know, 
death and all this. So it was ever, so to answer your question, I'm sorry, I'm digressing, but it, what I'm trying to say is we've been through so much life together. So what it felt like to me that day, what I'm going to cry just talking about it. It felt like a lifetime. It felt like a lifetime of work and love and, you know, my family, just everyone supporting me. And I didn't need to win. Like literally it felt like, oh my gosh, I got a Tony nomination. Are you kidding? It was yeah. really a child's dream come true. I, I can't say it enough. I'm, I can't believe it happened. You know, um, yeah. and you did Barbara Walters me. I'm now crying on your yes, podcast. It's my, it's my goal. I've been <laughs> it's your goal. playing the long well, game here. You succeeded. I haven't, you know, it was a few years ago. I haven't thought about it in a long time. And yeah. um, yes, hashtag grateful, hashtag blessed gets a bad rap, but that's, and we all joke about it. I'm yeah, guilty yeah. of that too. I joke about it too, but that is how I felt truly. Like yeah. just taking it in and really, really, um, there are moments where that is Grateful. the only thing that you can say and it's totally sincere. And, you know, yeah. as, as someone who had the same experience and I know how genuine yeah, you how are when it, you yeah, well, how did well, it feel for you. Exactly the same way. And, the and, same and way. To, to say that it's not um, about winning, it really was, it felt like being, being uh, rewarded or being, you know, something that I could celebrate with my family and, and celebrate with the people who have supported, supported me and, and my, my boyfriend at the time, now husband to, to be able to say, you know, all the sacrifices that they had to make that all the, the times of me being away and, yeah. and the, and the, the work and the, and the struggle through financially that it was being recognized and, uh, it's the most beautiful thing in the world to yeah. be able to give that to to the people that you love. Yeah, and I know, like me, I'm sure we, I don't mean to disrespect the people that actually won because that's ex that's an experience that is its own thing. I'm sure I can't mm -hmm. even imagine what that's like. But as I said at the time, you know, you can't win until you've been nominated. So it just hey. felt like this doorway into a world that I didn't know that I didn't know before. Um, and, well, and uh, it and was you, overwhelming. You and know? you had so much love, uh, for you in the community because, because yeah. people know you and people were, you were also representing the show in a, in a major way because, yeah. um, you know, everyone loved the show and this was the, the nomination and they were, you were representing your whole cast in a way too. And, yeah. um, and everyone was just so excited about your performance. There was like a whole movement to get you to perform on yeah. the Tonys. I mean, and it was Super. like a legit movement. You know? I couldn't like, believe it. I know. I know. I think my friend Andrew Bredis started it and it right. took off. And I, I didn't, it was one of those things where someone had to make me aware of it. They said, Jen, do you know what's going on? I was like, I'm sorry, what? And then I could not believe it. And to my, to the, my cast, I just want to say, the cast of disaster, M uh, many of the principals in that show had, they were either Tony winners or Tony nominees. And, um, and they, it, they really did make me feel like, um, that old Saturday night live sketch, the five timers club, you know, yeah. like really, you know, and I just, and they were so sweet and I'll never forget the day. Cause we got our closing notice the day the nominations came out. And mm. I remember, um, Adam and Kevin, um, both said to me right before I entered the stage, she's like, Jen, you know that because of what happened to you, you're going to get entrance applause. I said, I know, Pisha, what? No. And that's what happened. And they, it was so sweet to see them 
know what the experience was going to be for me before right. I did because they'd all been through it, you know. Right. And um, and I do want to say this: Rachel York is in my top three of the nicest people I've ever worked with in my life. Is that right? And I think people forget that um, she did not. We all thought she was going to get a Tony nomination for Victor Victoria. Do you remember this? And yeah, it didn't I actually saw happen. her in it. Right. And because she's so, she's such a star. Yeah. And her body of work speaks for itself, and she's so glamorous and so talented. She actually still doesn't have one, which does, I I feel like I'm getting my facts wrong. And if I could say anything to the world, I'm like, please, someone change that because this woman is incredible. Did you see her too in Head Over Heels? She's so great. I didn't I just see her love in Head her. Over Heels, but I did see her yeah. in Victor Victoria when I was a oh, kid. Yeah, I came too. to New York and and was like blown yeah. away by her she's she's incredible yeah and the she nice is. she's just the nicest person in the world so anyway that's my if i ran the world there it is <laughs> well i mean for for uh, uh to get a tony nomination and to be surrounded by that cast of people who know what it's worth oh. and to have those people be so yeah. proud and excited for oh, you that's what i forgot to say the reason i brought up rachel she did she actually said in an interview an, an interview with the dish. She's like, well, if there's justice in the world, Jennifer will get a Tony nomination. Like she's in the show with me right. and that's what a generous person she was. Can you believe that? That's what yeah. she said. I mean, that, that's, those are the kind of people I was working with. So I just, I, I can't say enough about them. You know, like they, they made it, they made it so special for me. And I, I don't know what to say, except I'm so grateful and I miss them. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, those are, you know, going through an experience like that, you know, you'll all be friends for life. It's, it's yeah. you know, a lot of yeah. casts, you can say that to a certain degree, but in a, it, through an experience like that, you guys are all mm-hmm. going to be close forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your, your husband, because you touched on how that was yeah. your Tony nomination, how that was so important. He's yeah. in the business. He's a designer. Not uh, close. He is a he's on he's not an actor, uh, but he is a stagehand. He's a local got it, got it, got it. stagehand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you guys met working on a show. Yeah, we met um, off Broadway years and years ago. I love you, you're perfect, and we were just friends. Uh, I love you, perfect, no change. We were just friends and dating other people, and then uh, I think um, I, my relationship ended, and his did too, and we kind of started bonding intellectually over the election of 2000 and mm. I was kind of drawn to his mind of mostly. And, uh, I was like, Hey, you want to, you know, I think he went out on tour and, um, he wrote an email that he included me on. And I remember saying how mellifluous his language was. And I never used that word in my life. It's never, yeah. it's the word I didn't even knew I knew. Right. Uh, but that's what it was. It was mellifluous. And a I vocab asked him, word in the back yes, of your and, head. Um, yeah. And he, and I asked him out and, he uh, he said yes, and um, I thought it was really just going to be casual thing. I really didn't. I wasn't thinking it was going to be the person I would end up marrying. Honestly, but it's it funny really, when, yeah. when you know, like you don't. I mean, I didn't think that when I was starting to date my now husband. You just kind of are on a date, and you're like, you can't yeah. imagine, like, oh yeah, this is going to be forever. I, when some people say that that they knew right away, I'm like, how do you? How do you think that far ahead? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it is it is funny when that that moment when or those that you know I guess it's not a moment but that over time when you're like oh wait a minute this is my person yeah and he um and I think you can have one thing in my youth I used to believe in a soulmate and 
Right. Now in my in my old age, I <laughs> I believe I believe you can have many soulmates. Um yeah. and God forbid something should happen to him or to myself, but I do know that um life is a choice and I know that I chose and I think there are different kinds of love and I know I chose someone who I um love and respect and the kind of love that can last the um Many through many seasons, if you know yeah, what I mean. Sure, you know, I chose through, the, a very, through I, Tony nominations and through being unemployed. Yeah, and and supporting <laughs> me, like I, there was a time, for example, where we had to go. We did a uh, an Actors Fund performance of Disaster out in Los Angeles, and it was right after my mother died. And I had gotten offered some things the fall my mother died, um, off Broadway things that had I been single, I probably would have had to take just right. to pay my bills. And instead, because I'm married to this wonderful person who was able to pick up the slack, I was able to truly be there for this most significant life experience of losing my favorite human being, Yeah, you know, and to truly be there. And he slept over in the hospital with me, with her, um, when he could get away from work. And then, um, and then I was able to go not miss this actor's fund performance in Los Angeles with the cast that, um, you know, 90% of it ended up being the cast that was taken to Broadway. So, and what I didn't know is that, you know, like who knew, but I had, I had, I missed that. I actually don't know if I would have come with the Broadway show. I mean, I really don't. And that's because I didn't have to take some job to pay my you know bills because I'm married. And that's not the only reason I'm with my husband, obviously, but I'm just saying that when I, when I was so grateful for the Tony nomination, it wasn't just for myself. It was for this person who helped me in some of the darkest moments of my life, be able to make the kind of choices that facilitated that wonderful moment. And so it wasn't just mine. It was because of other people. And you never, even if you think you do things alone, I I don't believe you do. I don't know. You have, you always have people who are there for you. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a group Effort, yeah. you know, whether it's your friends or your, or you know, your your spouse yeah. or your loved ones, it's you yeah. need a team to keep you sane at the very I, least. I need a I need a staff now, Roy. Yes. I need a staff. I know, I know. And I need a wife. I need a wife. yes. I know, I know. I I thought that too. I'm I'm, I'm a gay man. I have a great husband, but sometimes we need a wife. Like we're sometimes like I need a wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm a staff. Into it. So yeah. Okay, so now you are yes. in Mean Girls on Broadway, yes. and it is such a fun show, and you get to play so many great characters. Yeah, yeah. What has that experience been like for you? Well, it's like going home. It's like riding a bike because this is what I used to do. This is yeah. how I made, as you know, Forbidden Broadway, impersonating many, like 11 people a night. Right. I love you, Perfect Now Change. 11 characters, you know, wow. 11 characters for you know, a much smaller salary and half the resources, you know what I mean? So, so for me, three characters, while I respect that, that, you know, that that's not easy, it's, um, it really is for me just like an exciting bike with the beautiful basket on the front and the light that you, you know, like it's just cleaning off that old, your old favorite bike. And, you know, and I, um, I'm loving it. It just reminds me of how, I mean, it's how I started and to be able to do it, um, on the other side of Eighth Avenue, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah that's so <laughs> is true. um, yeah. I I remember really quick. I was on an M one hundred four bus 
in days of yore. Cause I was kind of like with Julia Murney, we were like the off Broadway Queens. Right. And yeah. couldn't seem to break through and get that Broadway show. And I, um, I was on the M104 and I looked to my right and I think Hairspray and Jersey Boys were playing and I, we were stuck at a traffic light at 52nd street. And I looked to my right and I did think, I thought, gosh, am I ever going to be on that side of 8th Avenue? And now not only am I on that side of 8th Avenue, I'm on that actual street. And I mean to say, I'm so hashtag blessed, hashtag grateful because it's what I always wanted. And I think that's so important to remember, you know, that, that to go, wait a minute, I always wanted this. Yeah. Do you understand? Do you understand what's happening? And yeah. it truly is one of the greatest jobs of my life. I cannot get over it. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. You you also are like it, it, spelling bee for us was a lot of young people getting their equity cards and, and yeah. making their Broadway debuts. That's you know probably the same for Mean Girls. You have a lot of the younger. Oh. Uh, they're all very seasoned. I'm not trying to say that they are. Oh gosh, like yeah. But there's no. got to be some young some young folks there. Let me um, put it this way. Let me put it this way. One of the boys, I call him a boy, one of the men, <laughs> one of the young men yes. who is such a talent, just celebrated his 21st birthday. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was I, I I was 27 when he was born. Right. Let, let's, let, let's just let that sink in. I know. It's kind of you know shocking, I mean? right? Like, I mean, I, I was in doing... I Love Your Perfect Nudge. It was the first full year of that show. I mean, yeah. I, and that, that, that was and that's true across the board. Like literally, I think even the um, um, like my friend Barrett, who's my Barrett Wilbert Weed, who's yes. um, Janice. She's also my dressing roommate, and I love her so so much. But you know, she just celebrated her thirtieth birthday. Well, mm. you know, I could have had her at eighteen years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Right. Like, like even oh when they're God. on the older side. I mean, I, Roy, I look ten years younger. That's a challenge of this business when people actually know your age, and you're like, yeah, but I'm slamming. So, <laughs> well, you, know, um, you do look, you do look very young. It's an interesting, uh, you do, and yeah. I, I think that's got to be also interesting because I, I kind of get this too, where yeah. I've, I've wanted to go in for character roles, and they're like, no, yeah. he can't play the dad, or he can't. You know, and not to say that I look yeah. super young, but a lot of times, no, you do. I can't get that older role unless I have a beard or something yeah. that I can fit it, a, a hat. You know, in all, you know, seriously, no. In all seriousness, I don't mean to shine you on or or be sound like the most arrogant person in the world. I don't mean that. I just mean that it, this business is a little kooky that way because yeah. you technically do age out of a lot of roles that you you could actually look exactly the same age as someone who's 10 years younger than you, but because they, the collective, they know you're older, you don't stand a chance. Right. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. vice versa. You look, they, you're, you're too young, even though you read older and it's, um, you know, it is, um, challenging, you know, in that, in that sense, you know? Well, especially for, <laughs> um, for women, there's so yeah. many more challenges and that's, it's kind of harder to navigate roles. You've though found a lot of success yeah. It, well, you've you've always been working, but you've you've found a lot of success, and especially because you are you are your characters and your character work is so rich and so good. Do you feel like it's gotten easier over time, or do you feel like there are just more challenges as a woman? For me, I guess it, I think any woman would answer differently, and depending yeah. on the day, my answer might be different. But I'm in a place right now where, um. 
and by the way, I want to see Pub Crawl, and I I just did my first solo show, Stigma, this oh, fall. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Um, it it went great. And the thing is, you have to, to me, it was like specific, narrow, researchable question, right? Uh, you yeah. had I wanted to do something because you could do so many different shows, right? It yeah. could be like at least, you know songs that the audience wants to hear. It could be Never Could Say Goodbye. It could be the finale, or right. it could be all the like the Broadway volume songbook. It could be a jazz show. And so I just this show. I decided was a very specific thing and I, it's what I wanted to do. But one of the things I talk about, cause it was more, I think, performance art than even cabaret. But one of the things I talk about towards the end of the show was, um, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? You are. Go for it. Okay. Um, uh, but you know, basically, you know, running out of fucks to give, just, you know, like just don't, you know, and that's a great thing about that I've experienced about getting older. I literally don't have. I say in my show, it's like, you know, you, what they don't tell you at 18 is you're given a large, a giant jar of fucks, you know, and you're just <laughs> handing them out. You're handing them out as frantically as you can. And yeah. you're apologizing while you're doing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, here, I'm going to give you a fuck and I'm going to give you one and you one and you one. Yeah. And, you know, when you get to a certain age, you look in your jar and you literally are running out of fucks to give. So you just don't give as many. And I, I it's, it's, uh, that is how I feel. So I don't really waste a lot of energy or time on stuff that I can't control. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I can't. Yeah. I can't. So for me, it has gotten, while I say that, oh, yeah, I wish someone would see me for this part or that part or consider me for, you know, um, for the, this, that, or the other, I don't, if I can't control it, I'm not going to worry about it, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's gotten easier because I just, I care, but I care about what I can control. Right. And anything else, bye, because right. it, it exhausts me and it, it ruins my quality of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it so. really that is that's really interesting. I love how how you're saying like the the easier isn't because things are coming more easy to you or or you're getting offers in a different way. It's because you're experience that you can choose how you feel about it all is my perspective changed. my perspective, perspective has yeah. changed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, and that's I, also comes with my mother dying honestly i think that's yeah. where it started cuz you just really realize i you really realize what's important yeah truly yeah, yeah. I, I, it's funny i always say say this and i don't know if it's wise or stupid but i always say like life is um short but an actor's life is very long like mm-hmm. every, we kind of like, you just need to keep moving forward because there's going to be a new experience, a new job, a new something. And if you are panicked about not having it all in this moment right now, then you're wasting time that you're just, it's, it's a fool's errand to spend your, your anxiety on, on stuff in this business. And that just takes a lot of, of time of going through it. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I wish I could talk to 25 year old Rory and just tell him to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he had too many fucks to give. He still had a like almost yeah. a full jar. And I'm sure if there are young people listening, I'm sure some of them don't. And I, I know some of them and I look yeah. at them with such admiration. Like, Oh, you're so far ahead of the game. Good yeah. for you. Good for yeah. you. You're right. You know? You're right. Some people don't have that, but I definitely, I definitely did. did. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, apologies and, and, and needing permission oh. and, and you know, uh, maybe validation or something that was definitely – I needed someone in charge to tell me it was okay to yeah. keep going. Yeah. And I don't need that person anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I love it. They're not getting rid of me. <laughs> not even if they tried. 
Um, I love it. I just, I'm so grateful to you that you took the time during your eight show week to, to talk with me. I, I, I respect your work on stage so much and you're such a lovely human being. And Um, you are as well. Thank you. And I certainly hope that we get to work together someday that I'm putting that up on my vision board. I think that it would be such a treat to get to be in a, a show with you and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think the world of you. I do too, my friend. And um, you, the privilege is mine. You've really made my day when I got that email from you. Oh, I was like, good, that good, is, good. Even though it took me a week to get back to you. <laughs> Please. Listen, <laughs> I'm you. I'm in baby world right now in like oh, feedings and stuff. So I know. Like, Congratulations again. Thank it's so you. thrilling. And I, hence what's important, right? Yeah. Right. No, it's so true. Great. It's like when, when, when stuff in your, in your life happens, uh, you know, good or bad, that's, that's real. It really reminds you to, to not take this business so seriously and just keep mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, well, happy holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Happy, happy New Year. Yes. And hopefully we'll get to see each other more next year and some I would love cool, that, amazing project that we're going to envision. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna vision board it. Yeah. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the artist's way. We're gonna do our morning pages. That's right. That's okay, right. I'll see you later. Audition side job swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.